G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, if you think a little more deeply about that great commission that Jesus gave, when he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel, making disciples of all nations, you soon recognize that it's a bigger challenge than anyone can do on their own. Well, our conversation this hour is about the idea that partnerships unnecessary for success. In the Bible book of Ecclesiastes, there are some significant elements of wisdom. In that verse and those series of verses that says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift his companion up. But woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. Furthermore, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? And if one can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. Well, our special guest today leads the organization called Mobile Mission Maintenance. They have been partnering with local churches, missions agencies, Christian schools and local communities for more than 40 years, uh, helping local communities achieve what they could not do on their own. There is a partnership involved in getting this gospel message at work in our nation of Australia. And Terence Baxter is the National CEO of Mobile Missions Mainten- M- Mission Maintenance. Uh, Terence Baxter, welcome along to 2020. Great, Neil. Great to be with you. Thanks for the welcome. Hey, Terence, when I talk to you, uh, there is such a breath of fresh air because we're not just talking this is what it's like in theory. We're talking about what it's like on the ground, rolling up your sleeves, doing the hard work of actually uh, keeping that infrastructure functioning, when people are taking the gospel into communities, when there's a stake in the ground in those towns and cities all around the country. Uh, A wonderful breath of fresh air because Christianity for you in your role has this really huge practical dimension. It does, Neil. And look, I can tell you right now, we have a team in Ningit, in the middle of New South Wales at the moment, uh, working with a church there and uh, our team from New South Wales. And I'm, I'm really proud to say that our board chairman is actually working on one of the, on that team as well. So it, it is a practical ministry. It's a ministry about being out there. But if we go in and we do it on our own, we, we know this. If we go in and we try and do it on our own, we'll fail. We, we will not succeed. We need to partner with the local church and we need to partner with other organizations to make this thing really work and work well. Um, Any church that tries to do everything on their own will find they'll struggle in certain areas and they need to find partners that they can work with in that area that are expertise and we're one of those and it helps around the building side of things and the maintenance so that churches don't have to focus quite as much on their buildings and schools and missions organisations don't have to focus quite so much on their, their facilities and can focus on what their real call is. 
And we're going to talk about some things through the hour, things like downstream partnerships and upstream partnerships and what all that means. Let's not unpack that yet, but just to say uh, that there are different positions that various organisations take in the partnership that actually give effectiveness uh, to those other organisations that are involved. And so this encouragement to network between organisations, this has got to be one of the biggest uh, recipes for success if we can get this idea of getting the networks happening. Absolutely, Neil. Uh, every organisation and every person in that organisation looks at the world from their paradigm of where they sit. And downstream is the people that they're reaching, upstream are the people that they, that can help them achieve it. And how do we bring all that together? Because quite often the upstream people don't really interface with the people downstream from the organisation. They're the medium group that says, we have this under control, but we just need your help. So, Okay, let's talk about mobile mission maintenance, a little in a nutshell update. I always do this with you whenever you're <laughs> in the studio because I know that there are some people who are inspired uh, by the fact that there is an organisation that actually swings a hammer and uh, fixes plumbing and uh, paints walls and uh, does all sorts of incredible things to keep the infrastructure afloat. Give us a little update on things that have been happening with mobile mission maintenance. Well, there's always stuff happening with mobile mission maintenance. Um, we're, we're part of a larger organisation around the world, which was founded in Australia uh, 44 years ago. Uh, I think about this time, 45 years ago, sorry, uh, this time 45 years ago they were just finishing the survey and from there it's blossomed out into uh, New Zealand, Hong Kong, Thailand, Fiji, uh, Zambia and South Africa and all parts of Australia where we have offices and uh, and from there we launched. But we, you know, my responsibility is Australia and Thailand and uh, I focus on that and when I talk about our figures and what we do we tend to concentrate only on Australia. Um, so do you want the numbers for last year? Uh, very quickly. Very don't, quickly. Don't baffle us with a lot of numbers. No, no, but, uh, very Give quickly. us some insight. We, we receive about 150 requests a year. Um, when you think about it, that's one every two days, roughly. Yep. Uh, that's somebody saying, can you help us? Of those, we, we report about 95 where we say, look, we think we can help you. Uh, we need to work out if we can and, and how, we, how, how that looks. And of those, we've, we completed about 65 projects last year. That's more than one a week. What always inspires me is that when you say that's 150 projects, one every two days, uh, you've got someone who says, oh, well, I better not ask them because they're so busy. But you have got this wonderful mechanism that works that the more projects, the more personnel required. So you're talking more opportunity is created when someone comes and says, I need your help. And this can get as big as big can get because there's no limit to what can happen. If you have the right personnel with the right skills to be able to perform those jobs, uh, there's no limit to the size this can get. Well, when you talk about the right personnel and the right skills, anybody can do this. If I can do it, Neil, anyone can do it. <laughs> trust me. But it doesn't take particular skills. It just takes commitment and dedication, and that's the key to it. If somebody has the willpower to do it, we're happy to work with them and train them. There's no doubt that we could do a lot more projects if we had more volunteers. There's no doubt about that whatsoever, and I'd like to see us grow to a point where I'm, I'm reporting over 100 projects completed every year. Two a week we should be able to finish, but we need more volunteers around Australia, in all parts of Australia, to make that happen.
And of course, the dimensions of mobile mission maintenance, when you talk about all of these other opportunities you have in South Pacific Islands or Thailand, or you mentioned Zambia and a number of other uh, wonderful nations, uh, you've also got this factory that turns out prefabricated buildings and you're resourcing and facilitating uh, this gospel going forward uh, out of factories. I think you've got one in Melbourne. Is there one in WA as well? You better give us a little reminder of where those factories are. No, it's all it's all done out of our Mitchum office um, and it sounds great to say it's a factory. I've got to say, Neil, the machine is actually quite quite compact and quite small. Um, but yes, we have the capability of being able to manufacture a rolled steel frame building. Uh, we we have it designed by engineers so that it's it's designed for wherever it's going. So if it's going to say Vanuatu um, that's a cyclonic area. It's cyclone rated, uh, and so we we can pack it up uh, sh- and ship it pretty much a building anywhere in the world. Uh, and the tolerances that we make it to are half a millimeter over twenty five meters, so it's it's fairly accurate. And so, if people in Australia need uh, prefab buildings, can they access your buildings as well? Absolutely, we've shipped buildings all, all around Australia and shipped them in on the backs of trailers and whatever. Uh, as far as Queensland, uh, out to Western Australia, up into up into Northern Territory, we, you know, as long as we can pack it down and put it in either a, a crate or a container, we can send it anywhere. Let me just draw attention to this fact: you have a national patron. Uh, a national patron who really, in some sense, and talk partnerships, uh, we share him a little bit. Uh, you know, we, we do this generously with you. But uh, Aussie gospel music icon Steve Grace is your national patron. And uh, listeners to this radio ministry, uh, Vision All Around Australia, will know Steve Grace. And uh, he is just uh, someone who speaks so wonderfully of Vision wherever he goes as well. But uh, he's your national patron. And, and what a great patron to have for mobile mission maintenance. He is absolutely. Absolutely fabulous, and I wish he was here to actually hear this because I do know that he's in the States at this point in time. But uh, no, look, it's something that we look for for a long time. Um, who who fits our, our demographic, our uh, iconically Australian that, that represents the rural and outback that we get to? And, uh, you know, we, we spoke about it at board levels, and boards have wonderful meetings sometimes, and this was a fabulous one. And... I just raised the, the issue of, of Steve and, and the board just looked and said, yeah. So, you know, we approached Steve and it was purely a miracle that we were in the same place at the same time earlier this year and had a conversation with Steve and, and he just looked and said, yeah, this, this looks good. Let's talk about it. So there was a gap because I'm always traveling and I got back to Steve and he said, yeah, let's do this. We'll work it all out. But he's, uh, he's very keen. And, and, you know, one of the things that he said to me, Neil, was, was wherever I go in Australia, in some of the most remote places, he said, I get there and I'm, I'm ministering in a small church, and he said, MMM is there, or they've just been there, or they're about to come. And he said, it staggers me uh, where you guys will go. I said, well, there's not much of Australia that we haven't been to, Steve. And he said, I'm the same. So iconically, yeah, we're very, very happy to have Steve as our, as our patron. Well, as we always do when we talk, uh, let's try and do this again today, Terence, because if we become a connecting point 
uh, for people who need some work done in their local church community, and uh, there might be building maintenance, uh, there might be uh, youth facilities, there might be uh, some things that need being done in uh, in local churches. Let's try and connect the jobs that need to be done, uh, and also people who are saying, "Well, I've been looking for something to do. Perhaps uh, you know, I've got a bit of time on my hands. I'm thinking about taking a holiday and doing something useful in the kingdom, or or I've hit retirement years and I've got some time on my hands. I can travel." I can go to these remote places. Let's see if we can connect some of the skills and the workers who can roll up their sleeves with the jobs that need to be done in those various parts around Australia. And, of course, your website uh, is going to be the connecting point there. And uh, when people go on there, they'll be able to uh, send a note, make a link. Is that is that the way we can work that today, Absolutely. Terrence? If they go to the Contact Us page, uh, they can... Contact either their local MMM office um, that are listed there or a head office and say, I want to be involved and this is this is the capacity that I can be involved with, either our weekend warriors or our, our, our caravanners. Um, uh, they, can, they can jump on and that goes to two people. It always goes to two people um, or two groups within the organisation so they'll get a response pretty quickly and connect it up with the people in their local area that can engage them into a work team or engage them into the organisation wherever they fit. Okay, let's give that website. It's the Mobile Mission Maintenance website, mmm.org.au. That's mmm.org.au. Simply click on the link there for contact and uh, leave your note and uh, see what happens because uh, there is a significant issue of partnerships we're talking about today and you can partner with Mobile Mission Maintenance and these guys, they are treasures and as they partner with you, it's you who'll be the one who benefits perhaps the most. Uh, but there's all sorts of good partnerships that can be birthed out of getting that connection. mmm.org.au. We're back with Terence Baxter. He's the national CEO of Mobile Mission Maintenance in just a few moments. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. Our special guest this hour is Terence Baxter, the National CEO of Mobile Mission Maintenance. Terence, uh, just before the break there, looking to connect uh, those jobs that need doing in churches all around Australia uh, with people who, well, maybe uh, have some time on their hands, have some skills to offer, and even, as you say, not even uh, specialised skills, but uh, people who are able to roll up some sleeves and get involved. We've had these conversations before, and there's been a tremendous response from listeners who've sought some help from Mobile Mission Maintenance. Perhaps there's others who've offered help to Mobile Mission Maintenance, and there's others who are saying, I'm a volunteer and I want to be involved in this. Uh, what sort of things can you reflect on uh, on those people who have made connection with you before because of our conversations on vision here? Yeah, it, it, it does. Every time, you know, we, we see vision as a great partner for MMM. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And every time I have the opportunity to come and sit and look at you and talk with you and talk with listeners out there, um, we get a lot of inquiries. And some of them are upstream, some of them are downstream. Um, churches around Australia, there, there are a lot of pastors out there I know and, and people from within churches that, that are in the Vision Network and they hear it and they go, oh, we were wondering how we were going to get this done. And, you know, to name specifics is really difficult with the number that we've got. But I know that, you know, I see just about every inquiry that comes through because I'm on the projects review committee uh, for the for the organization. 
and uh, and a lot of them, not a lot, some some of them uh, come back and say, oh, we heard you on Vision or Vision spoke about what you were doing and, and we wondered if you could come and help us with painting our church, with building or replacing the floor. Or um, There's a church in South Australia that we're going to, uh, we've got a safari group. that uh, Now, safari is a term that we use for a bunch of people with caravans that are going to go on a very long journey across Australia for several months uh, for MMM. But they're visiting a church in South Australia that is pretty much in the middle of nowhere, and they they asked us if we could help replace their stage or their platform area in their church and redesign it and, and help them. So we incorporate that into one of our project teams that are travelling through, and they were they were ones that heard it on Vision and contacted us, and we're off to, to South Australia on the way to Western Australia for our safari that that safari team will reach as far as Geraldton before they turn around, and it's a long drive home from Geraldton, but they all love it. But it, there there are some that are joining the the project team in Western Australia, and if anybody else wants to, we're more than happy to talk to them about it. Uh, we've had inquiries from people in New Zealand that that uh, listen online uh, and want to come over. Some people have been in Australia and heard Vision, and there's a I met up with a guy uh, in Brisbane recently who is over from New Zealand uh, he's got his caravan here and his car here that he's purchased and he's about to head off through uh, the northern part of Australia and uh, and he's a he's a vision devotee you mentioned uh, that oftentimes it's the pastor who recognizes there's jobs to be done but I suspect that in a lot of churches and uh, especially country town churches uh, where the church is sometimes on a larger property than you might find in uh, the cities uh, that you've got uh, people who are on you know they're either elders or deacons sometimes we think of elders as looking after the spiritual life of the church sometimes we think of the deacons as looking after the practical aspects of the church it's not often it's not always the pastor who's the one who says uh, we need this job done somebody who's taking responsibility for the way their church looks, the presentation of their church to their town. Correct. Uh, they're the ones who are actually sometimes contacting you because they're the ones responsible for getting something done. And not everybody has the capacity to be able to do the jobs they need to do. Mostly it's someone from the church. Uh, you know, whilst pastors may listen, and I mentioned pastors before, uh, it's a sort of a generic term that we use to say someone from the church. But, yeah, it's it's usually someone who, who is involved in the leadership or involved in it or, or just has an eye for it or is helping out uh, on the property committee or whatever, and they, they've heard it or, or been in contact. or they, A lot of uh, what we get comes from word of mouth as well. They, they know the church down the road, and the, and we've been to the church down the road, and we could come and – could they come and help us? Yeah, just ask them. So we get these inquiries all the time. I want to invite listeners to join in our conversation today. You might have your own thoughts about – partnering in the gospel and it could be broader than what we're talking about today because we've got a very practical focus today as we talk about the work of mobile mission maintenance and the value of what it is to partner together and uh, we're talking about partnering downstream and partnering upstream and we'll talk some more about that in just a moment but just to say let's open our talkback line 1-800-316-316 
Uh, or you can leave a note on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Vision Radio. So 1-800-316-316. You might even have had your own experience with mobile mission maintenance. You'll be more than welcome to uh, be in touch and be a part of our program today. Terence, let's talk more about this downstream idea and upstream because the downstream idea is uh, where you're in the middle uh, downstream, these are the ones that you are practically working with uh, and uh, you've got your own resources. You're ploughing those into that community and making that happen. Uh, give us some ideas uh, about this idea of downstream as opposed to what happens upstream. Sure, Neil. When we, um, when we visit a church, um, we need to partner with that church. The first thing is, you know, funding is really tight for us, really, really, really tight. And if people are listening, read into that. Funding is really tight for us. We would love to go in and be able to say, we can do all this for you. We can't. So we need to partner with the local church. What I find everywhere I visit and everywhere our teams go is that they'll go into a church and they'll or, or an organisation, a campsite or a missions, missions organisation, and they'll say, look, we, you know, we're here to do this. Oh, can I help? Can we help? We've got 10 guys in our church. They just couldn't do it on their own. Do you mind if they – we love that. We love partnering. Partnering isn't about us coming and doing. It's about us working, and you said the word, with a local organization to achieve the outcome of maintaining their buildings. And so our teams, we end up shoulder to shoulder with people, um, people that we never met, that we form relationships with. Some of them go on to – go and support us in other areas around the, the nation, then they'll say, I can do anything in my region. Call me when you're back here next. Well, we're back in two months. Great, I'll come along and I'll give you a week. And they partner with us in that way. So this idea of partnering, because uh, there's obviously a labour component that MMM is uh, really pitching into the local church. Yep. And uh, the the hope is that while there is uh, you know, obviously building materials, uh, those sorts of things that uh, that the local church might be able to uh, meet the uh, the payment for those things and uh, for whatever they can then do to connect in a significant way by way of partnership with mobile mission maintenance into the future in a significant way because obviously a lot of churches they have mission organizations they support so does MMM become one of the support bases that uh, that churches begin to to uh, to, to sow into Neil, we call our projects uh, grace projects, and they're grace because it's a grace offering that we make. And so we don't ask for any financial uh, recompense for for the labour that we do. The only thing we ever say to churches is, this is a partnership, and you need to fulfil your part. We don't provide the materials. You need to provide the materials. That means you're going to get a budget together. When you budget for this, would you consider making a donation to MMM to support us? Because we've got here because someone else has given us a donation and that's allowed us to get to you. That's usually the way it works. And more times than not, we find the generosity of the Spirit of God at work in a church by their donation to support what we do. Sure, it's going to be a lot less than paying a professional tradie to come in and do the job, Um and sometimes I don't care whether they do or they don't. Well, I do. I, I, I care in the respect You're of... You're the boss. You do care. <laughs> I, I, I care in the respect of in the respect of we're called to be generous. But somebody once asked me if, if an organisation uh, 
asked us to do work and they don't give us a donation and they put in another request, what are you going to do? That's a really good question. My answer was very simple. We'll go back and do it. Because grace isn't grace because you're being given something. Grace is grace because you're called to do it. And some of the churches and organisations that we go to can't afford it. They really, I know they can't afford it. But one thing I've found, and this is in, in six years of experience sitting in the chair that I sit in MMM, it's some of the smallest churches and smallest organisations in Australia that give us the largest donations. Now that's a staggering thing, and that displays the grace of God back to us, and that's that's a true partnership. And there's a modelling, isn't there, of that graciousness. And when that's at the heart of your ministry, mobile mission maintenance, uh, that you'll be gracious towards the churches. You'll get the job done and you'll do a great job with uh, the project that they need done. Uh, this graciousness is modelled and then the church then therefore captures something of those values. True, absolutely true. And, and you know, we've seen communities turned around because, not because an MMM team is there, but the graciousness of God and, and that ethic of helping others has been demonstrated. A few years ago now, we were working on an island just north of the Northern Territory, and we had a team out uh, renovating this church, and the church had five people attending it. Now, would we go and do it? Sure. You know, we went and did it, and the team actually came. I think they were a team from Queensland, uh, but they went up through into the Northern Territory, and they were working out on this island. As the locals went past, Indigenous locals went past, they saw the work that was happening and thought, well, if they care about the church on our island, we should. So they came into the church and said, can we help? Weeks later, there were 35 people attending that church. Because when a community can see that the church is interested in doing something proactive, and even if it's improving the look of the church, there's actually a new excitement about the church, even in the broader community. Yeah, there's, there's one thing to remember here, Neil. The purpose of the church is not to own buildings. It's to reach the lost. And whilst we don't care about buildings, we care about buildings, if you know what I mean. And the way that we present as an organisation, a, a local community church to our community, is the way that they perceive us. And if we don't care about the way we look, then why should they care about coming and joining with us? I've seen that in, in action around Australia. And churches that that say, here we are, our facilities are here for you, they're, they're up to date, as up to date as we can in the context of our community, come and share with us, it happens. Terence, I want to talk to you because we've been discussing the idea of those downstream people. Uh, they're the ones that are being helped by mobile mission maintenance. They're those churches that have a job that needs to be done and you've got the skills and the expertise and the workers to be able to get that job done. So you're partnering together. You're actually helping to facilitate that ministry in their community to be able to do what they do best, to pastor and to bring the gospel message, uh, that message of salvation to the people in their community. But there's this other end. Uh, we've been calling it the upstream people. Uh, the upstream people who are a part of the partnership are the people who are sort of in some ways making a significant contribution to actually what happens downstream. Uh, give us some idea about uh, this idea of upstream and how that works. Okay, upstream for us are the people that help us to do what we do. Um, <clears throat> pardon me, for 
um, we've always existed with upstream partners, people that either go and find funds for us or donate funds or or in-kind donations as well. Um, we can't do what we do without major support. And there are some organisations and some individuals that we consider our upstream partners that regularly commit to support us either with finances directly or in-kind type of donations. And some of that may be tools, some of it may be support, uh, some of it may be just cash that we need uh, to pay the bills to keep the lights on and keep the door open. Okay, let's talk about some of your sponsors for a moment and, uh, you know, what? Uh, give us a, a little insight into people who do function in an upstream model because uh, when we're talking about partnering, there are people who are thinking, I've got to get a little bit of a ministry off the ground. How am I going to do that? And uh, who might I call on? How might I find these sorts of partners who can be helpful? So uh, let's use uh, mobile mission maintenance as a little bit of a case study here on sure. how we actually see that working in practice. Uh, what sort of people are partnering with you upstream? We've got a range of, of different organisations and people. If I just focus on organisations for a little while because I don't want to pick on individuals, um, we have a there's, a, there's an organisation uh, that supports us in our office in Melbourne. Now, they can't give us cash because they're a struggling small company. Leap Electric is their name. And they do all of our electrical work in our factory, in our warehouse, in our office, and we've never had a bill from them. So Leap Electric are supporters of us. They may not see it as a huge amount because the guy might have a bit of time in, in I believe there's about 10 or 12 staff in this organisation. They may not have a lot of time Uh Available, but they've got an afternoon, and our job is only two or three hours. And they come in and do it, and they say, "Well, this is what we can do to help you." But from that small organisation to quite large, um, Moore's Legal, um, they've supported us with both finances, but also our legal pro bono for many, many years. And that is so important to us when we have something—a question about how something should be structured, or you know, our legal. Our, our, there are always legalities in organisations and they just they jump on board and help us and they've been a wonderful support for many years. What you're describing here is what listeners will be familiar with, this idea that if you are a business person, uh, there is a sense in which you can be mission-oriented when you are in business and we call that missional business and you have to adjust the attitude that you have or the mindset that you have about businesses, not just making a profit for profit's sake, but the capacity that you might have to help to uh, supercharge opportunities in the kingdom and this forward movement of the gospel, this is what every business has the capacity to do uh, when they are making a profit. I mean, of course, if you're struggling along, you might be still uh, thinking, well, how do I serve God even though I struggle uh, day to day? But this idea of missional business, this is what makes these partnerships really, really powerful. Who else is in the uh, the team of upstream partners with you? We've got a, They come from all sorts and there's no set model. They're people that have a heart. Someone in the organisation has a heart for the gospel and organisations that have a social conscience that say we want to contribute back into our community. One of those is actually a group of financial planners in Melbourne um, and it's called Segway and it, it's not spelt like that. It's S-E-G-U-E, Segway Financial, and they've been supporters of us for several years um, and they contribute a, a significant uh funding to the organisation for things that we need. Some of them are very practical. 
and sometimes it's just a general donation to help us out and help us along. You can't imagine the, the lift that brings to the organisation when another organisation comes alongside and says, we can help you. And I know what missions and churches and schools feel like when MMM comes in because I've experienced it when other organisations have come in and said, we can help you to help others. And it's just a huge, huge benefit. Can I talk about one more? Because sure. you know a lot of these are, are East Coast-centric. There's a there's a trucking organisation in Western Australia called Glen Hanna Transport, and you think trucking and, and MMM, how does this work? Well, from time to time, we've had stuff shifted from one side of the continent to the other, and Glen Hanna Transport, GNC Transport, GNC Hanna Transport in Perth, have shifted stuff around Australia for us and have made a huge, huge difference. And, you know, when we first started with this, you expect to get a bill when you've got to have a ute taken from Melbourne and sent to Perth. But we contacted them. They're known to our organisation in our Perth office. And, uh, you know, they pick up a ute in Melbourne and two days, three days later it appears in Perth, perfect condition, fabulously looked after. And we've never had a bill. Well, that's huge to us because we were expecting to have to outlay money and yet they've given it to us in kind. So Glen Hanna Transport or GNC Hanna Transport, big, big supporters of ours. I love them. There'd be a lot of businesses, I imagine, that have a greater capacity. They recognise, well, this is what our workload is for the week, for the month, and uh, and there's some uh, some capacity that's in there which doesn't cost any extra to run their business, but there's capacity in there. And uh, they'd either recognise that as being a sort of, you know, that's a downtime or they uh, there's extra space on the back of that truck or there's, uh, uh, there's all sorts of different ways that that might just go unused. Uh, but what you're saying here is that there are businesses like, and you mentioned GNC, Hannah Transport, who've said, We've got some capacity here, some extra capacity. How can we use that in a significant way in the kingdom? And uh, they've come across you and said, we're going to help mobile mission maintenance. Uh, this is the sort of upstream partnership that that is really, really powerful. And, you know, while we're talking about mobile mission maintenance today, there are all of these mission activities that every local church has involved and they're looking for that business within their local church or within their town or their community to be able to use that capacity to help make those things happen. And sometimes just that little seed that gets sown that enables people to think a little bigger about how they're running their business and then to actually mobilize that into the kingdom. This is what's happening with you guys at Mobile Mission Maintenance. For sure. And and one thing I know, the more remote uh, a church or an organisation, the more support they need because they don't have that network that's two kilometres away, it's 200 kilometres away, and they need their local communities to step up and support them in, in what they're doing. Then you've got uh, a a Christian college in Perth, Thornley Christian College. Uh, they've been this sort of upstream partner to MMM as well. What do they do? This is an unusual one. Um, but they leased us for a dollar a year a block of land that our that our base in Western Australia sits on, and so that may seem mm, what what's with this. 
I don't know whether you bought a block of land recently, Neil, <laughs> but they're expensive. Yes. Dirt, dirt is a really precious commodity, and uh, for us to have a base to work out of in, in Western Australia, we needed that partnership, and it's been an outstanding partnership. And when I say partnership, it works both ways. You know, partnership isn't just us taking, it's us giving as well. That's what a true partnership is. And so we've been able, in recent years, we've got some uh, capacity in our in our maintenance team in Western Australia at that base, and we provide Thornley Christian College with a maintenance guy two days a week. And he goes in there and volunteers and does his thing and helps them out. Well, I would suspect there's people listening to us now who have uh, significant uh, blocks of land uh, that they may be able to be helpful in so many ways like that. And I'm not even just saying for mobile mission maintenance, although I'm sure you'd like to hear from people who've got some ways that they can, uh, in fact, uh, supercharge and enhance the ministry that you're leading, uh, Terence. But those organisations within their town or community, and they've got this land, they know that somebody's looking for some space, uh, they're looking for some building. Perhaps it's uh, people who have commercial buildings or industrial buildings who they know that there's, uh, there's a section they can uh, section off there for uh, use by those mission activities. But this is a way that you can very practically and at f- low cost uh, be able to help to supercharge the kingdom. Absolutely. You know, we've, we've been asked to go and help churches to fit out a building. Um, and when you go in, you find out that it's a, it's a sort of a warehouse factory thing. And when you talk to them and say, oh, how would you come across this? You know, have you bought it? No, it's been donated. We've got a, somebody in the community has had a warehouse and a church has needed a home and they've gone in there and said, you can have this or, you know, instead of paying $2,000 a month, we're going to give this to you for 200 you know, there's got to be a, and that is just an enormous, enormous partnership that that benefits the gospel because whilst buildings aren't our focus as a church, it's a necessity to do what we do to have a base to work out of. And this idea of unlocking the generosity of people who are a part of local churches. Uh, sometimes, you know, people are giving into their local church. They call it a tithe or an offering, and they'll give when there's a special project. Uh, but there's an intentional way that you can unlock some real resources that can make a real difference uh, that go beyond your local church and into mission opportunities like this. And and even as we're talking about things that happen around Australia, whether it's remote communities or regional centres, uh, but also overseas, offshore, into these South Pacific islands. Mm. I mean, how do those South Pacific islanders in the projects that they're uh, getting up and going, how are they actually financing those? Is some of that coming from uh, partners in Australia that see the opportunities in, say, Vanuatu or Fiji or other places you're working? Yeah, look, uh, can I talk about Vanuatu? That, that's a topical one because we did a project there this year. And I was privileged. I took some leave and I went on that project myself as just one of the team members. And, and it was the most fantastic thing. But we can't do it's, – it's not something that we just suddenly dreamt up and said, let's go and do something in Vanuatu. There's an organisation uh, based out of Brisbane called well, One, Fa- One Saltwater Foundation. And they approached us and said, look, we've been reaching out as a Christian organisation into Vanuatu doing medical tours for the last 12 years. But we need something to work out of. And we've been given a plot of land by this small village. Can you help us build a medical clinic? Now, that's not a church. It's not a manse. It's it, it's out of the ordinary. 
But when I sat down and spoke with Dr. Danny Lean, who's the, the chairman of this foundation, I, I got something of the sense of his spirit. And I just looked at him in the first meeting we had and said, we'll partner with you on this. And he'd looked at it, and the reason he came to us was to build something in Vanuatu was expensive because materials have all got to be shipped in, and it's, it just gets costly. And for something that he, it may not seem a lot to what Australian building costs are, but to build something in Vanuatu would cost about one hundred and fifty to one hundred and eighty thousand dollars to build a medical clinic. We looked at it with our rolled steel and said, "This is what we can do." And we took it probably, I don't know the final figures, and I will meet with Dr. Danny in the coming days to, to get some figures so that I can accurately talk about this. But from that high, probably down to well under $100,000, well under $100,000 to build a medical clinic in Malingaloo Village in, in near Port Vila. And it was the most enlightening partnership that I've been involved with in MMM because we, we weren't partnering just with the One Salt Water Foundation. We partnered with the village, and when we went there, we lived in the village. We slept on a hard concrete floor with a one-inch thick mat for two weeks. Um, I shared my room with 14,000 mosquitoes (laughs) and eight blokes, but that was a true partnership. Um, I got a look at at Vanuatu village life, and I realized what it means to truly partner because this, this small village is a Christian village. And they were so thankful for this building that was being built on the outskirts of this village overlooking a school that was going to be the centre for medical clinics. There's no other medical clinic outside of Port Villa on the island of Afate. There is now because Dr Danny Lean had a vision and we were able to partner with him. And you can't do that unless you have what you were talking about a little earlier, this, which is, I guess, one of the values of mobile mission maintenance, this graciousness to be able to take what you have and go and give what you've got. And I guess there's an element of faith in here that you're trusting God to be the provider to make those things happen. What I want to ask you, Terence, is uh, is there anywhere you won't go in Australia? Because uh, <laughs> this puts you on the spot, because I know you did mention an island uh, north uh, above uh, Northern Territory a little earlier. You mm-hmm. could mention what that island was, if you know, if you remember. Uh, but, you know, we're talking about Western Australia. You're talking about projects in Queensland. You're actually based in Victoria yourself. So uh, mobile mission maintenance, you've done work all over Australia. Is there anywhere you won't go? Short answer, no. If the need is there and we can get people there, then we will go. And some of it takes a lot of planning and a lot of execution to actually get someone there. Uh, I can tell you right now, the most remote place from my office is Broome. And when we get a request for Broome, we shudder. And sometimes we have to say, look, we could do this, but it's going to be three years before we have a team there or two years. And the moment we say that, somebody will come in and say, I really want to go up through Broome, but I've got three or four guys. Um, is there any work you've got going up there? So I'm resident. To, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to say no. We won't go anywhere. Um, I've seen a lot of Australia, uh, a lot more of Australia than I had before I came to MMM, and I'm only there because we've either been there or we're going there. So. Well, I might make a special hello to listeners in Broome who are listening to us on 87.6 FM. And uh, for Broome listeners, you've just heard it from the, the chief at, uh, at Mobile Mission Maintenance. He's 
When did you say you're going to be there? You'll be there very soon. (laughs) And if there's any jobs, look, this is the important point, I think, to make in this conversation, that we don't know where the conversation will go. We don't know where the inquiries will come from today because we know there are people listening to our conversation all over Australia where there are real needs in either local churches or mission outreaches and people are wanting to take the next step and get things going at a new level. They're wanting to be presentable in their communities, wondering how they're going to do that and who they can call on for help. And uh, and here you are, Terence Baxter, saying, I'm here to help. <laughs> and, uh, and I think there was a former prime minister who had that as a, as a sort of a saying that he had as well. But but this idea of humility and I'm here to help is a step of faith to say that. And upstream, you're going to need those who are going to say, I can make that happen for mobile mission maintenance. I can't be there and I can't swing a hammer. I can't be on site. I can't be out on the roads, the outback roads around Australia. But we've got some financial capacity to give. We've got some capacity on our transport network. We've got some capacity to be able to help with the skills that are necessary to actually make this mission opportunity work. And that is a very, very powerful thing. And for listeners who've been listening to this conversation and wondering how you can get involved, uh, let me encourage you to make contact with Mobile Mission Maintenance today. Now, the website is mmm.org.au, and you might have a job that you need doing. Well, don't be afraid to be in touch with Terence Baxter today. Uh, You might be thinking, I can help to make those things happen in a significant way. In fact, I've got capacity in my business. Nobody else is asking me, but I'm hearing an ask today on the radio. Well, let me encourage you to take advantage of the opportunity and to be in touch with Terence Baxter uh, to be able to, uh, to to take those next steps forward. Absolutely. And look, I'd love to talk. I love talking with people that want to give and not because I'm, I'm greedy or anything, but we need. We we actually have needs as an organisation. And when people ring up or, or, or contact me and say, look, I've got something to give. I'm happy to have that conversation, really happy to have that conversation. Can I share something? Because we don't always just receive for us. Uh, I talked about that Vanuatu project, um, and that's still going on. There's still some bits and pieces happening with that. But last week I received a call from an 87-year-old doctor, and he said, look, cut a very long story short because I know we're on radio, I've got half a hospital worth of medical equipment that's never been used, and equipment including bandages and medicines and stuff that he he wants to donate. Do I know anybody that can use it? Well, what do you reckon my response was? (laughs) You uh, will find someone who needs it if you don't know someone straight away because this is what the power of a network does because when someone has some extra capacity, extra facilities – extra capacity to be able to give into circumstances, this network's very important. And uh, and uh, I know, Terence Baxter, you are a servant of the Lord in the role that you have, and you'll be interested to talk to people and find out where they can help. And if someone says, I've got this to offer, I know you'll find somewhere that can be used. So let me give that website one more time, mmm.org.au. 
And I didn't even get a chance to talk about the STEER uh, project that uh, works with Australian farmers who are helping. And uh, in, if you can do this in 15 or 20 seconds, uh, give us a little uh, idea about what happened with STEER Incorporated because they're uh, a livestock and farming partnership that helps MMM as well. Sure. STEER an organisation has been around for a long, long time. And in a nutshell, we were running our own livestock program uh, that farmers could donate livestock then we found out that Steer did this. We should have known, but we found out that Steer did this. We're forming a partnership with Steer, so so farmers and individuals in cities can donate either their a quarter of their paddock, or some of their stock, or whatever it is, to the purpose of the gospel. And Steer will generate that out into various mission organisations. Well, I hope this has been an inspiring conversation today, not just for the work of mobile mission maintenance, but for the idea of having partnerships that are birthed within local communities around Australia uh, that can get some legs on those and make those happen because the gospel really needs partnerships in order for that great commission to be fulfilled in our shores here in Australia. Terence Baxter is the National CEO of Mobile Mission Maintenance, mmm.org.au. Terence, thanks for joining us today on 2020. Thanks, Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.